fueled by C4, Cellucor, and Extend. Use the code Clydesdale to get 20% off the checkout at C4Energy.com. On Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the widest array of content here on our YouTube channel. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that notifier so you first know when new episodes are available. All right, Frey is vibing. What's going on, everybody? Uh, we are back and live uh, at Clydesdale Media Roundtable, where we are featuring the athletes of the 2023 CrossFit semifinals. And one of those semifinalists is with us tonight. I'm going to try. I'm going to try so hard. Freya Moose Brugger. <laughs> Dang it. There's a little stutter. Try again. Freya Moose Brugger. Oh, yeah, my gosh. there you go. I've been practicing yeah. all day. Okay, good job. I'll give you a high is, five. Is it, is, it, is it like a French thing? Like to go with the hard moose into a Brugger, it like my tongue doesn't want to make the switch. Yes. Or is so, it more of like a soft mousse? Uh, like I would say when you're trying to say it, it would be a bit softer. It's actually Austrian. So it's, uh, it, you're supposed to say it pretty aggressive when you speak German, everything sounds aggressive. So you just go in it with full confidence. Mosbrücke. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I bastardized it, uh, for the Canadians listening, um, because I grew up in Canada, I just say moose burger and that's kind of funny. There's a little joke behind it. Cause we have lots of moose in Canada. You do. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually had moose for the first time, like not that long ago. Okay. And it was delicious. Yeah. Right. It's pretty good. It is. Um, it's funny. I, now I feel really bad about butchering it because like I'm of that German descent. Okay. <laughs> my last name is Schweitzer. If oh. it was to be like full German, but Schweitzer is the American version. Yes. Yeah. So you, you should have gotten it, but it's okay. <laughs> okay. You'll forgive me. <laughs> yes, of course. So last we spoke, um, I, I bumped into you at Wadapalooza. You were coming from the lifting event yes. for teams um, and headed back to the athlete area. I asked you a question that day and I just, just out of curiosity, I want to know if your answer has changed. Okay. So the big talk at Wadapalooza was that it was a lot more aggressive um, programming than it had been in years past. And that, you know, the, the all these people that did individual and teams mm -hmm. were kind of blown away by how much programming was being done. I asked you that day, would you do individual and teams at in the same weekend again? And your answer was absolutely not. <laughs> I think I was pretty sore that day. So it was a straight up. No. Yeah. Now I have done that with other <laughs> athletes and then I come back a couple months later and they're like, it wasn't so bad. Yeah. Like I'd do it again. Yeah. Is that common to like, be in the moment and be like, hell no. And then two months later, be like, well, my body's recovered and it wasn't really that bad. Yeah. I think when you get a little bit of perspective on something, you, you can compare it to other things and you're like, oh, it wasn't that bad in the grand scheme of things. 
I think uh, I was pretty beat up that day because on the um, swim event with the drag rope double unders when we had to go bare feet for that, I uh, really hurt my Achilles then. So I was kind of just making it through the weekend at that point. Um, and so I think I was a little bit more on the dramatic side when I was like, oh, I'm definitely not doing that again. But now that that injury has recovered and all that, I think maybe they potentially learn their lesson. And if there were to be that uh, individual, then teams, you know, I'd be open to it again, probably. See, every athlete. <laughs> yeah. Every athlete. Well, and, and I will say, like, you're absolutely not was said with a smile. Like, you still were upbeat and, and all of that during that time. Um, and, and my co-host Amy has joined us, and she's hey. going to pop in. She can pop herself in when she's ready. But anyway. Hi, Freya. Hey, how's it going? Good. Sorry, I'm late. Oh, no worries. Dinner time. Get it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you were very upbeat in that moment. And for what you had been through up until that point, th that was impressive alone, that you were still upbeat at that point in the competition. Um, what I want to ask you is, after that weekend of doing individual straight into team and that, that competition took a lot of people out. Like the teams changed a lot because people did not continue yes. the weekend and you survived the whole week. What did you learn most about yourself that weekend? Um, honestly, I think, I, Wadapalooza was the only competition I had done in the year before. It was my very first individual. So I was super excited to finally do a competition where it was familiar ground and I knew how it ran. And so I had pretty high expectations going into it, but then I didn't do as well um, the second year going there. So I think you know, you, every competition you show up to, even if you had done it a million times in the past, it's still a new competition, new field. So you, you can't really have too many expectations. You can have expectations of yourself, but not necessarily where you want to place. So I think that was a really good lesson to learn because hopefully, you know, going back to semis or the games, um, you know, I'll have that same mindset, not like a expectation on results as much, maybe more internally focused. So actually like a, a pretty in-depth, deep learning from that experience, actually. Yeah. And that's, that's great because I think you've only done five in-person comps in your career. So yeah. I, I knew the article was yeah. about <laughs> Dubai and it said you had done four to that point. Yeah. And then there was only Wadapalooza after that. Yeah. So Five I mean, Wadapalooza, we can count as two because that was a long weekend. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and and all the, the athletes your age are really at a disadvantage comp-wise because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Like all the opportunities were taken away from you for two years. Yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, that was a, Michelle actually said your lack of experiences because of COVID and yeah. <laughs> so is that why I read that you, you kind of accidentally qualified for Dubai? Yes. Yeah. 
you you were just trying to use the qualifiers as a way to get back into the gym, back into the swing of things, and lo and behold, you qualify for the thing. Yeah, I saw that the Dubai qualifier, there is a prize purse. So I was like, sweet, I'm going to do that. <laughs> that was motivation to kind of go hard on a couple of workouts that, you know, I I started training in September and I think the qualifier was in October. So, I mean, I at that point, has I hadn't got my heart rate up pretty high in any workout yet. So you know, I just signed up for the qualifier and thought that was a good idea. <laughs> and I know we'll talk about the workouts there, but I'm curious, what did you think about just, did you have time to like visit and, and, you know, do touristy things when you were in Dubai? Oh yeah. It was amazing. It was, I got there a couple of days beforehand to adjust. Um, but I think as soon as I arrived there, I hit the ground running and kind of wanted to see as much as I could. And, you know, there was rumors about, the first workout being a climb up the Burj. So I kind of sussed it out a couple of days beforehand just to see how tall it actually was. And it was tall. <laughs> and then, uh, all right. So since you're there, how did that feel and how did that go? Um, I traveled a lot as a kid. So I think, you know, being put in a new environment, I was, um, that didn't really throw me off guard, but it was just, really cool to meet some more European athletes. Mm -hmm. uh, I met a few at the games, but I think Dubai really draws in a big international crowd. And there actually weren't too many North American athletes there, uh, way less than usual. So it's really cool to meet a whole new pool of athletes. And since then, we follow each other on Instagram and mm -hmm. have kind of supported each other there. So that's, I'd say, getting some more friendships out of that competition aside from the competing part was really cool. So speaking of friendships, I also read in an article of that, um, that you were kind of taken under Brent Fitkowski's wing yes. at Dubai. Yeah. Um, because, because it was a last minute decision for you to even do the qualifier and then make the decision to go really you, Michelle couldn't go with you. There weren't many North American athletes going. And so Pat reached out to Brent for you mm -hmm. and Brent then reciprocated and hung out with you for a couple of days in Dubai. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. Uh, we, Pat put us all in a group chat and then I privately messaged Brent and, you know, he's just such a helpful guy and so knowledgeable of the sport. And he, um, does a lot for CrossFit on his own. So I knew that he's the type of person that would definitely be willing to help. And, you know, it was nice to get to know his wife, Claire, a little bit more and meet his baby, Evelyn. They're all very sweet. So we're actually having him on the show on Friday. Oh, cool. If, if there's anything you'd like to say to him. <laughs> I'll say, Hey, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he he's killing it in training from the looks of it, and um, I'll pro I'll see him actually at semifinals because we're both in the West, so it'll be good to catch up with him then after the competition. Yes, yeah. Be did you guys stay in touch much after, or did you guys just go back to your own training and? Um, I definitely reach out to him about, you know, just the uh, side of CrossFit you know, the uh, professional side in terms of who to look for as a management agency and 
things like that because obviously he's been in it for a while. He knows everybody. He has great connections. So I really valued his opinion. He gave me a lot of advice on that. And uh, we just kind of bounced back uh, a couple of conversations surrounding that. So, yeah, he was super helpful with that. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's really cool. The The way I met him was Wadapalooza two years ago. Okay. He, outside the Whole Foods, he had a, a CBD uh, bath bomb that he could not take across the border to Canada. Oh. And he just asked me if I would take it for him. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah. And that that's kind of how we met. And uh, he's been on the show now. This will be his second time on Friday. Nice. Yeah. No, uh, we'll definitely uh, make sure, make a point to uh, run into him uh, in Pasadena. Yeah. Well, I'll be there in Pasadena, so I can't wait for oh, all that. Great. And yeah. and we'll get it. We'll get into that as well. But Dubai, back to Dubai. Yes. We need to focus. <laughs> so is it, is Dubai overall as opulent as they say? Uh, so, you know, you, throughout the years, they've had it at that tennis stadium. And so that's what I had envisioned, you know, when you, you see across the competition and the venue is a huge part of the experience. So when they changed it to this indoor stadium, um, you know, I think it's a new era of the Dubai competition. Uh, but I think to answer your question, yes, especially the city itself. Uh, but the competition, I think, had a different vibe than what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. I was expecting to be thrown out into a desert, um, you know, out competing outside. But at never one point did I feel sweltering hot during the competition because all indoors. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, so that was, I was expecting to feel the heat, but I, mm -hmm. I didn't. And luckily I didn't because it was December in Canada back home when I was training. So Kenneth asks, which would make a better weekend getaway, Dubai or Vegas? Vegas. <laughs> I'm 21, so I can say that. Oh, Vegas. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I love, I actually love Vegas, not for the strip. But man, the mountains and the and the and the lakes when you get outside of the town are beautiful. Yeah, I would say um, the reason behind saying Vegas one for the shows and yes, maybe the scenery. But to get to Dubai, it's crazy far, and for a weekend, so not worth it to endure a sixteen-hour flight. Oh no way, no. Yeah, phrase being practical. Yes, yep. being practical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not worth a 16 hour flight. No. Um, so then your first event is a climb up the Burj. <laughs> when they, the, the rumor was circulating, you said when it became a reality, what was your initial thoughts to that? Um, honestly, I, it was laughable because I remember talking to Michelle the whole time being like, Oh, I swear if the, if it's this event, you know, I'm not doing the competition. I'm coming home. Um, and she's like, haha, eat your words. And so when they announced that it was with a weight vest too, I was like, oh God. Yeah. But um, I think, I don't know. It, it didn't feel as crazy of an event when you're in it. It just felt like you're on the Stairmaster for 25 to 35 minutes 
time time kind of stood still and you didn't really know what was going on you were just surrounded by concrete walls and you just had to climb until you found the finish line otherwise you you couldn't stop there's no there's no uh exit or anything so you just kept going is there any kind of uh, like talking or even shit talking while the event is happening uh maybe with a cup oh no actually uh, I wasn't around any athletes, okay. but maybe when certain athletes pass each other, I, I don't know, okay. but beforehand a little bit. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to name names though. That's all right. You don't need to. I'm <laughs> just curious about the atmosphere. What was yeah, like. but all, all in funny games, obviously. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Scott, you're on mute. <laughs> he does it every time. I have to do, I have to do it once a show or it's not a real Clydesdale <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, so in the stairwell, were there any markers telling you how far you'd made it or was uh, it just yeah. head down there? So occasionally there would be uh, an usher and they're very sweet. They're like, keep going. You got it. And I was like, yes, man. <laughs> Thank you. But there is uh, the stairs were marked. So, you know, I was kind of doing math games with myself. I was like, okay. If you do 20 more then you're a third of the way through and all that just like talking to yourself while you do that but every single flight was marked so that was nice i feel like if i didn't know where i was i definitely would have gone slower yeah i play those math games when i'm just doing wall balls so mm -hmm. i can't oh, even imagine <laughs> yeah well if i do one more then it's less than no yes <laughs> um so so you get to the top and then it's this breathtaking view of Dubai mm -hmm. that most people don't even, cause you can't even like pay to get to where you guys went to. Yeah. We were the highest right. outside of country people to have ever gone to that flight, I guess. Like I, they explained to us the magnitude of what it meant to be on that floor. And it was pretty cool. It was so high up that it felt like you're in a plane. So mm. the perception of it felt, um, you know, I thought it would be crazier looking down. Like you would get this sensation of, oh my gosh, I'm falling or something like that. But it just felt like you're looking outside of a plane window. Did you go right to the edge? Oh yeah. Yeah. I took, I took a selfie over the edge. <laughs> That is, uh, you'd have to, right? Like you'd have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Cause I would do that too. My wife would not even leave the stairwell. Okay. Yeah. There's two different kinds of people. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Did, could you feel it move? Oh no, that thing is sturdy. Cause I, my main office building just here in downtown Columbus, Ohio is 38 floors and at the top you you can actually feel it move what mm -hmm. oh my goodness yeah, just just little bits it's yeah. just enough to throw your equilibrium off yep uh that doesn't sound enticing as a work, <laughs> work <thing. No. laughs> you've you have you have pinned down my job mm. it is not an ideal place to work yeah the that sounds like a work safe hazard <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. how did you, what was your overall finish? I think you finished ninth at Dubai, right? Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah. Top 10. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm riding on the, 
I was writing on the top 10 finishes of uh, out of season competitions. And I was super stoked to clinch that in Dubai. Um, and then I think that's why going into Miami, I was like, yes, let's do even better. I was super motivated, had another competition under my belt. So mm-hmm. it's kind of riding the wave of get doing all these competitions. You get, to, you get to Wadapalooza. The first event is out on the water. Yeah. Um, at Bayfront with the, the long rings. <clears throat> yeah. That oh, were yeah. blowing around like, like, I, I mean, I would have missed the rings on every jump mm-hmm. and yeah. half the athletes were catching one ring and not the other and yeah. looking like Tarzan. Did you, did you have any trouble with? Yeah, it was one of my worst finishes of that competition. It was definitely a yard sale of an event for me personally in my lane. Things weren't going right. So I just tried to do the best I could and just get through it and ended up getting capped. But I got as far as I could. And I was already nervous for that event to begin with, like doing it in training. I I was nervous to compete. But um you know, when they announced that the rings were going to be out on the water, I was just like, okay, it is what it is. And I saw Michelle and my mom down my lane. So I just looked at them the whole time and just did what I could. <laughs> Cause you're a strong girl. Like when you got, to, when you got to the barbell, that was like the easy part for you. Yeah. It was, it was the rings that were just all over the place. Is yeah. that, are the rings typically a challenge for you or was just the environment like adding like I, would, to it. I would say in the past ring muscle-ups for something that I've had to really work on, they're better, not the best in comparison to others. But I think, you know, it definitely when you're not a hundred percent confident with them to begin with, adding that extra element was definitely, sure. uh, you know, nerve wracking for sure. Yeah. 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 I <laughs> felt bad because we, um, our other co-host Kat and I, I had front row seats for that and watching not just you, like all the athletes struggle to get, catch the rings. Yeah. It was just catching them, not even doing the muscle up. That yeah. was probably the most difficult thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had Trayvon, um, Benton on a male athlete. He said he missed him so many times and was hanging by one arm. Yeah. And then you have to make the decision. Do I exert the effort to try to catch the other one while I'm hanging here? Yeah. Or do I just fall and try again? Yeah. Or to keep pushing through and basically do a max set of ring muscle-ups because, yeah. you know, coming down and resting and trying to get back up to them again would be super challenging. So it's kind of your plan goes out the window when you're put in that situation and it either works or it doesn't. And that's what you learn from. So when you have an event like that to start off the weekend, how do you push that to the side? And act like, almost act like it didn't happen. And then just focus on the rest of the weekend. Honestly, I feel like if I don't do that well in an event, the next one is always the highlight of the weekend. Like I always do better coming back from a a bad event. So, I mean, I say to my mom or my coach all the time, I'm like, ah, I wish I didn't have a bad event, but at least I'm able to come back from it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one strength to lean on. Right. Yeah. And any strength and any mindset you can build to like lean into at a competition is 
a bonus for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely uh, will always end on a high note, which is the theme of pretty much every single competition I've been in, but I'm trying to make all of them good. <laughs> so hopefully semis, yeah. knock on wood. Yeah. So what, so for you, semis last year, you, you probably kind of knew you were going to Atlas, but it was kind of up in the air for everybody. Mm -hmm. You just, you did the quarters and then they assigned out where you're going. Yeah. But this year you knew from the start of the season, you're going to Pasadena. Yes. Did that, is that a, a helpful thing for you or does that not even factor into your equation? Um, it was nice to know kind of early on the layout of the season. I don't even know if uh, last year we knew that there were going to be four semifinals or not. So I think um, Crossa did a better job this year of laying out the season for us, which I appreciate. Uh, and then I double checked with CrossFit um, that it was okay for me to come to the East region to do this training with Michelle that I'm doing but to still compete in the West because that's where my address and stuff still is. And I'm qualifying as a West athlete. So, you know, they're very good in terms of communicating that with us this year. That's good to hear. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad yeah. because the, as a spectator, it was very hard to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Because as someone who's just following the sport and not getting the communications, um, it was really difficult to understand while like Sydney McAlishan, who's training in Boston is in the West mm -hmm. you training. And I, and I think last time we talked to you, you were still training in the West and just kind of going to Montreal occasionally. So that yeah. you didn't surprise me, but you know, it was just, yeah. yeah. And there's a, a lot more, even more complicated in the United States than in Canada. Yeah, I'm def I'm confused by some athletes, but again, I feel like it's all athlete dependent and I don't know other people's stories or reasons. So I know that when people ask me mine, I'm I'm able to just give them an upfront answer. And I think a couple of people have even reached out on Instagram, like, hey, why are you in the West if you're in the East? I'm like, oh, don't it's like training purposes, don't worry. Um yeah, I like the plan wasn't to relocate but it just I, I actually maybe next year i'll end up in the east because i i love montreal so we'll see yeah and and i wasn't questioning you at all or, or any of this yeah, stuff yeah, it's worry. just for I'll, I'll just be transparent for us we followed seven athletes through the oh. season um from the open and we're following them all the way to wherever they end their season and i tried to even it up with half in the east half in the west and when it all shook out, I have one in the East and five in the West. Okay. So that's why it was confusing to me. Not that I am, not that I am bashing CrossFit for whatever. Yeah. That, I mean, from a media perspective, it feels like you're kind of chasing around people and uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get it. And so Orlando is going to be, like pretty much a documentary of one person and the West is going to be scrambling my ass off to get to all the five people. Cause three of them will probably still be in the same heat and you know, yes, it's just going to be insane. Yeah. It'll, the wild, wild West. 
Yeah. Who all's going to be going out with you to Pasadena? Who, sorry? Yeah, who's going to all be traveling with you to go to Pasadena? Like, uh, who are you bringing? So, I mean, it'll be the DECA comp team, Pat and I. And uh, we actually have another guy, Will Bennett, who's on our training camp following our following the programming and under Michelle. Um, so the three of us will be showing up there. And then actually I have a decent group of my family coming. So my mom is flying from Halifax, Nova Scotia. She lives there. So she'll be coming basically cross continent <laughs> to opposite ends. But, and then my dad is coming from Australia. Wow. Yeah. So, and then my sister has a short flight from Vancouver down to Pasadena. That's great, though. Well, she doesn't even get credit for that trip. <laughs> right. I know. I think she booked it on points, too. So it's basically free. <laughs> <laughs> but that's great that you're going to have yeah. your whole family there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, it's very similar to Atlas last year. You know, that the whole experience of having my family right then and there to watch me make a dream come true was, you know, that just made it that much better. So I'm excited to have them again for support. And, you know, just when uh, my name gets called, hear them cheer extra loud. Mm -hmm. So before we get into this year's semis completely, last year you made your first games. Yes. Went as a rookie. And I want to ask you, what is it like going to the games as a rookie? <laughs> um. I th so speaking from my personal experience, I started CrossFit as a fan. So before I had done a single CrossFit workout, I'd followed the sport probably for at least six months, just following all the athletes on Instagram, watching all the videos, absorbing all the content. Um, and then I joined a gym. And then as soon as I walked into the gym, I told them, I want to go to the CrossFit Games. So right from the They're start. like, okay, yeah, we've heard yeah, that. Yeah, literally. <laughs> right from the start, it was like, uh, you know, I just put the games up on this pedestal. I just wanted to get there so desperately. But, you know, put in my time. I ended up qualifying. And then it was like, a, whoa, I'm going there in a month and a half because Atlas was so late. Uh, so I kind of didn't have enough time to wrap my head around the fact that I was going to the games training was just a blur. And then I show up there and, you know, the check-in that was so surreal. I've seen so many videos of people getting their gear and I was riding a high on that. And then we kind of get put into the workouts and it's, you know, you're just, you feel like a tumbleweed. You're just going and going and going and going. And then you, finish an event and you go into the cement room, you know, the, the athlete area. Mm -hmm. It's just, you're sitting on a floor for three hours and then you go be a tumbleweed again. <laughs> it's just like when you watch videos, you see, wow, this is so cool. And there's so much action going on, but behind the scenes, it's actually, you know, very drawn out. It feels like, you know, you show up to your athlete briefing, you do the event, you go sit and recover and repeat basically until it's done. Um, and, you know, I think the games were so different this year that I had expectations of what it would be like just from all the videos I've watched in years previous that, you know, I kind of had to adjust my 
reference point and think, okay, this is the new games and I'm a part of it now. And so I think this year I have a better, uh, just better knowledge of it now. And I feel way more confident this year. Is there one thing you would do differently if you knew what you know now? I mean, a lot of people told me, make sure you enjoy the crowd and you can only do your first year once. And I think I did a good job of doing that, especially when we were in the Coliseum. Like I looked around and took it all in and that was very cool. I had a special moments in there that I'll never forget. Um, so I think I did that well. But I think maybe for my rookie year, just don't put so many expectations on it and just just go compete and try to really push yourself and see where you rank up against the best in the world. Because I think when I was thrown out onto the um, starting mat and looked around me and saw all these names that I've watched for years, it was like, a oh, I don't belong here yet. Like, I don't feel ready. And so I feel like I held back in workouts. So if I told someone who was showing up next year that was a rookie, I would be like, just burn it to the ground. Like, do your best, try your best, and really go for it. I love that advice. I think that is awesome. It's funny because when we have people on the show, like, it's natural to get connected to you guys as an athlete, and we want to root for you. Like, you, you were so gracious to come on right before the games last year. And we were lucky enough. That from the get-go, from the bicycle event, like Amy and I were right beside your lane. Yeah. Like we were right there for that. All the outdoor mm-hmm. events um, yeah. on the sandbag lift, I was right in front of you, able <laughs> yeah. to take pictures. Like you just get connected and you root so hard. And like how much, how much did you put into trying to make the cut? And you were so close, yeah. so close. Um, you know what? I knew that with one event remaining, well, I woke up on for the, which the second to last day and I was outside of the cut by, I don't know how many points at this point, but I was, you know, it was close. I was like, okay, this is the day where we put in the work and get there. Um, and okay. So the swim event went really well. And I was like, yes, we're inching up there working for it. And then I think it was a wall ball dumbbell snatch workout. Um, and then I fell down a little bit and I was like, Oh, here we go. This is, this is not good. This is not what I wanted. Um, so I think at that moment before we had known that the sandbag was coming, I was like, okay, I really, we knew that there was going to be a heavy lifting of some point of some sort. Um, and I was like, okay, like I have a chance, like I can really do this finally something heavy, like I'm going to really give it. And then the sandbag gets announced. And I remember Michelle was on the other side of the barricade because it was all the athletes and then Boz announcing. And Michelle was there at the athlete briefing and they announced it's a heavy sandbag lift. And I look at Michelle and it's, she's probably like 50 feet away and like, the silent tears are streaming down my face because I actually in training leading up to the games really struggled with the 150 sandbag, like just to clean it in workouts. Mm-hmm. And so when that got announced, I was, my stomach dropped because I, I knew that the sandbag was a weakness. And at the Capitol event, I struggled with the mm-hmm. sandbag. 
So when they announced that the first weight was 160, in my head, I was like, I'm going to embarrass myself. I'm not even going to make this first one. Uh, and my and I'm getting cut for my first CrossFit Games. This sucks. <laughs> um, so that was kind of the mentality going into it. And so when I walked down to the floor, I was like, all right, you have either two options, just embarrass yourself and not lift the first bag or really go for it. And everybody made the first bag. And I was like, well, you can't be the only one to not. So it was basically just a keep catching up with everybody because they are doing it. So you have to. Uh, and I ended up surprising myself. And that was probably the highlight. And to end on a good note was really cool. And at that point, I, I was, yes, I was sad that I got cut, especially knowing the events that were showing up on the last day I loved. Um, so I would have loved to do them, but I was still happy to walk away from my first CrossFit Games ending on that note. And you ended up lifting? 210. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I think, but yeah. everybody PR'd, so everybody was like, uh, I don't know how this is going to go. So it was just really special to kind of be thrown into the unknown with all those girls all at the same time. I remember looking down and I was doing the tie break with Tia and being like, oh my God, we're literally tied right now <laughs> in an event. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I can't even imagine those, those feelings. And and I don't want you to like, you're like everybody PR'd, but 60 pounds, like you were struggling with 150 mm -hmm. in training, yeah. 60 pounds. Yeah. And you made an attempt at the 220. Yeah. It was like a, 30 second attempt to <laughs> like, I, I was trying to not let go of it. I really wanted that one, but, um, and, you know, I think at that it was point, right there. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't think they could have predicted what a great event that would turn out to be because it took so long to finish the movement. Mm -hmm. The crowd just kept building and building and building. It was it was the loudest I've ever heard the Coliseum really? oh, in all my years at the CrossFit games. Oh, I love that. How sore were you after the games? Um, you know, I woke up on the final day and I was sitting in the stands with my parents watching the final events and being like, I feel good. I want to be out there doing it right now. Like I wasn't sore. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I was very well trained. Yeah. Uh, I was happy to know that. And, you know, you hear about everybody just being absolutely crushed by the games. And, you know, I was like, okay, I'm fit. I belong here. Like, let's go do this better next year. Love it. Yeah. Uh, so I've got to ask on the final day, you are known for your strength. Big time strength events on the final day, Yeah. which really yeah. sucks, right? Yeah. If you could pick one of those events to do, would you want to do back nine or the Jackie version or the modified alpaca without the rope climb? Uh, probably the final Jackie Pro. It just is some classic CrossFit, a grueling workout at the end. Kind of has all the good things in it that I feel like I missed out that I was able to do. So Watching that final event, I was like, oh, it would have been so cool to be doing those bar muscle-ups facing the crowd and being a part of that experience. Even if I was like in a later heat, not, you know, next to mm -hmm. TL, having that moment with Shane, I probably wouldn't have known that was going on while I was working out. But just 
um, just being just being able to do that event would have been cool. Would you have had any problem with the cap on the rower? On the row. Uh, I I don't think so. I would like. Well, I chose that workout because I I like rowing. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that changed the dynamic of that workout. Yeah. Tremendously, because that row could not be a paced row. No. Oh gosh, no. No. I would have gone balls to the wall probably. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you you finish the games. What's the next step? Do you just like no CrossFit, just get Wait, away? Did, didn't you go to Italy? Yes. I, okay, uh, I so. so Michelle said, okay, take the remainder of August off. I don't want to hear from you, see you, do anything, just go. And so I had booked a trip to Italy with my dad a couple months knowing that I had this time off and that was amazing. And I had been to Italy before, but I didn't remember it cause I was a baby. So I was very, I had a few bucket list places that I wanted to go like Venice, see the canals, eat some pizza. So that was really nice. And then I did a road trip from Vancouver down to San Francisco and I had always wanted to do a road trip. So that was cool. So I did those things and then I started to get back into training. I'm like, okay, here we go again. <laughs> well, Italy is one of Amy's favorite places. She was there oh. just a couple of years ago. Yes. Pre-COVID. So yes. from both of you, what is what was your favorite experience in Italy? You go ahead, Amy. Oh, I don't I think it's just seeing all the sites, like seeing the Colosseum and seeing things that you know you've learned about for so long, but actually just just being a part of the culture and immersing yourself with the culture, I would say. It wasn't the gelato? No. I mean, I do love some sweet treats like that, but no, I think it was just the culture. The wine, I mean, you know, I like yeah. wine, but. <laughs> yeah, nice. It was definitely the food for me. <laughs> yeah. I think I mean, the pasta is so fresh. It just, so good. When I came back to... North America, I was a little bit sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything is just so fresh. And like mm -hmm. you said, um, and then, you know, uh, sometimes uh, super processed stuff and high gluten stuff can kind of mess up with your, with your stomach and your mm -hmm. gut. And I found over there, I could eat all the dairy, eat all the wheat and no problems there. So that was like, oh, I wish we had that here. But that's the reason why you go travel and experience those things. Yeah. Yeah. What Amy missed is before we came live on the air, uh, we were talking about HelloFresh, and Frey was telling me every one of her favorite dishes were a pasta dish. Ah, got it. Yeah. We were even talking about uh, Rosie Joe as well. And I was oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pasta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was, it's not a surprise that the pasta in Italy mm -hmm. was the highlight. Yeah. I've never been. I, I've got to go someday. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So one big overarching question I want to I want to ask you is, you know, there's a lot of this buzz around the young athletes in, in North America, especially the United States with Mal and Emma and yeah. all these people. Right. But Canada has like this trove of young athletes you and Annika and Emma Lawson and Sydney Michalishan. And like, it is 
stacked. Yeah. What kind of pride do you have for your home country of Canada when you see all these up and coming stars? Well, it's really cool. I mean, we had Camille on the podium in 2014. And since then, you know, we've had a couple of Canadian girls who've done super well at the games. But um, I think now, you know, there's the next generation that's showing up and you're kind of filling in for Canada and the women, especially like, it's very cool. We still have the OGs like Pat and Brent Mm -hmm. and Jeff showing up. Um, Jeff hasn't been around for as long, but he's still crushing it, obviously. Um, So I think, yeah, it's just really cool. And you being from the same country, you already have that connection with the girls and you show up and to competition, they're there and you just automatically you're you're friends. So Mm -hmm. that's really cool. And you've, you've had some friendships with those, those other athletes for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. With, with Annika, especially because I think, um, well, one, we got together before either one of us kind of broke out onto the competitive scene and we did our, uh, COVID semifinals, the online ones, and we're in constant communication during then we're comparing scores and being like, okay, we submit at this time, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, we're just kind of helping each other out through that rough time when it was all online. So we've been buddies for a while. And I, um, I met Sydney, I think at the games officially, but we had talked previously. So it was good to see her and same with Emma. I met her at Atlas. So yeah, it was good. Do, do, does having that, group elevate your game knowing that that this there's this rising tide that's coming from Canada oh it's super motivating for sure yeah I think um like you again the Canadian podium spell hasn't been broken since 2014 so of course you want to be the one to do that and there's a couple girls biting at your heels or you're biting at theirs vice versa so you're like I want to be the one to do that I want to be the one to elevate and and win <laughs> yeah there was a long u.s one too mm-hmm. i think it was from yeah. julie fouché to um yeah and it just happened like uh carrie pierce 2020 yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um so let's look at this season a little bit you you have now all this wealth of experience all five yeah. live competitions <laughs> right but yeah. one of those is the CrossFit Games and a couple Wadapaloozas, a Dubai. Those are not small competitions. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So coming into the season, what have you done to prepare yourself to fill the holes from last season? Uh, so the biggest one has been a relocation of training. Uh, and working under Michelle and being in Montreal and kind of going all in on CrossFit because back in Vancouver, I was part-time coach working a lot at the gym that I was training at. And um, I didn't have a ton of separation showing up at the gym. I made, I was showing up to work um, in the mornings and then I would put on my training hat and then I would take it off and work again. Um, so that's what a lot of days looked like, but I think now in Montreal, I do coach a little bit just, um, 
because I want to stay sharp with that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's uh, so that, the viewpoints there. Mm -hmm. um, so that's Montreal. Yes. Yeah. And then, and you are not afraid of heights. That is obvious in this no, picture. No. Yeah. There's actually a big drop off that goes uh, past that uh, uh, wall there. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It appears. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, what was I say? Oh, yeah. So as soon as I got to Montreal, you know, I've been. Um, just going around different gyms, meeting a bunch of athletes. There's a competitive, there you go, eating. <laughs> a competitive gym here, a team, pro CrossFit Pro 1, and they're gunning to make the games this year. So it's been awesome to have a couple training partners. So mm -hmm. that's been super fun. Yeah, so... I know there's, there's a lot of athletes up there too. Like some, like, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going to brain fart now, but like Jeff, Jeff Adler's up there. Mm -hmm. Um, do you get any chance to like train with any of those athletes or? Yeah. So in Miami, I met Jeff and his partner and they welcomed me, welcomed me with open arms. And the past two times I've reached out to him to train, I got the flu or I got really sick. So I had to cancel. And so it hasn't worked out yet, but I mean, I'm pretty sure the offer still stands, <laughs> but yeah, just, I got a really bad cold. I'm like, Jeff, I don't want to give this to you. I'm going to back off from the gym a bit. Um, but I think the biggest difference has been having some training partners having a coach in person, mm -hmm. I think it's a lot more focused. I'm also doing some agility sessions. So purely focused on getting better at explosive power, hand eye coordination, all of, all of that side of things. So that's another feather in my cap and upping my game as well. So what do the next six weeks look like? Well, Right now we're coming up on a deload. It's been some brutal training. I know Pat posts quite a lot of the actual workouts that we do. Um, and we've been actually doing a lot of regional repeat workouts. It's from okay. 2013, 2014, 2016. Um, so that's been really cool to look back on the videos because they're, they're up on YouTube. And I can watch Michelle do them <laughs> from back in the day and – you know, try to beat her. <laughs> yeah. Do you go back and coach her and say, you know, you could have done this better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't dare. She, uh, she definitely knew what she was doing then. Um, yeah. But it's really nice to have that and learn from and do some pretty grueling workouts. So we're going to go into deload and then following that another couple hard weeks of training and then another deload and we show up in sunny California. Well, just so you know, Pat ignores my DM, so I ignore his Instagram. <laughs> so, so I'm only going to see the programming through you. Okay. Yeah, I'm on mute. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Oh, man. So, so then you're going to be in California. Are you confident now being a set, you're like second time through? Because now you're not just an unknown, right? You are an established games veteran. You've been to the games. Are you confident that going into semis that you are prepared 
to put your best foot forward right out of the gate? Uh, yeah, I still feel like I, I'm a little bit of an underdog, which is nice because I want to show up and do well and prove to people that I belong, but it's mostly for myself. And, you know, I, I still have those pinch me moments when I'm like registering for semis and being like, yeah, I made it. And, you know, 16 year old me would be so stoked that I get to do this a second year in a row. So you know, I, I still have those moments where it feels surreal, but I have to look at it in a different view. Like, okay, this is actually your job now and you're treating it like a professional and you're, you're there to compete, not just, you know, enjoy the ride. So I think this year I have a little bit more fire in my belly, which is a better feeling than showing up scared shitless. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's perfect. So you <laughs> punch your ticket to the games again this year. Fingers crossed. You love, you love food. Yes. What is your first meal on Sunday night after you punch your ticket? Oh, man. Being in the States, you know, there's access to a lot more, I'd say, fast food chains than what we have mm -hmm. up here in Canada. You guys have great fast food. That's not I mean, something for us to brag about. Just <laughs> But okay. Shake your wind. So after the games, I got Chick-fil-A because I love those waffle fries. And uh, so But it's going to be Sunday, so you can't get Chick-fil-A. That's true. What? Oh. On Sundays. Mm -hmm. Dang it. Okay. Well, uh, I'll have to wait till Monday then. Um, yep. Man, that's a good question. I don't know because usually the last couple times uh, – Maybe take out pizza or something like that. Honestly, at that point, you're like, whatever food I can get in my belly is fine. It's satiating. I'm I don't care what it is because you're so hungry. And I think after semifinals, you then have to go do the drug testing thing. You're waiting around. There's a lot of waiting around. You're talking to people. By that point, you hadn't eaten anything in five hours. So I don't I think the the celebration meal, whatever it is will be good enough. <laughs> will it be, will you actually have like a true celebration meal, like a couple days later? Probably. With like your family and all of that stuff? Yeah. I think um, since there's a big group coming to watch on Sunday, we'll make a point of probably going out to a restaurant or something. But I know that uh, as soon as I can get my hands on maybe a vending machine or something, I'll just eat a pack of Skittles or Snickers or something. <laughs> So, Man, do you normally I saw, like? I so. <laughs> are you normally a junk food person, or is that that just like after a long weekend, most, most you just want calories? Um, uh, like food is food. I think being an athlete, I do a good job of trying to eat clean, like eighty percent of the time. But that twenty percent, you know, I can I can go to town on whatever. <laughs> okay yeah i love it yeah but as you can see in the instagram i love a, pa a good pastry <laughs> and yes pasta. yes yes yeah yeah you look like guy fieri trying to get all the whole mouth around that pastry uh, yeah i was actually him for halloween ah! <laughs> now where's that picture on instagram <laughs> only for the friends yes okay i see where we stand for you 
<laughs> I'll send it to you via DM. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, this has been a blast as always. Um, you know, Amy and I are in your corner in Pasadena and we'll be rooting you on. Uh, I'll see you there. Yes. So there. Yeah. Um, good luck with training over the next six weeks and hopefully we'll be punching that ticket to the games. Good luck. Thank you. I'll see you guys there. Take care. All right. And everybody in the audience, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on the Clydesdale media podcast. 